Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. Welcome back to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas. Here's another one of the couples episodes. And you might find yourself drawn towards turning off right now because you think I'm not in a couple's relationship. But stay with me because this episode is all about the inner critic and developing compassion for that harsh inner critical voice that you have. And I'm saying that you have because I'm pretty confident that you do have one. You might not be very aware of it. It might be quite subtle for you. It might not be so pronounced. And you may not notice it until you make a mistake or until something goes wrong in your life. And then it might pipe up and give you a barrage of self-criticism. So even if you're not in a relationship, um, be aware that this episode is still going to be helpful for you. Because although this is coming from my book, The Lasting Connection, which is about how you develop love and compassion for yourself and your partner, we all have that inner critical voice. So here are some of the things your inner critical voice can typically come up with. You're not good enough. Others can do this. What's wrong with you? You'll fail. You mess it up. You're worthless. Nobody wants to be with you. You don't deserve it. If they really knew who you are, they would leave you. So as you can hear that from the sound of my voice, this is quite harsh stuff. And it might not feel as hostile and extreme as that for you. It might be sneakier, like you didn't try hard enough. You need to finish this before you deserve to take a break. If only you were as attractive as that other person. You need to earn some more money. You should lose some weight. Wow, that didn't go well, did it? Well, what did you expect? So actually, those are still quite self-critical statements, even though they're maybe not as harsh as the first ones I read out to you. So I want you to think a little bit about this now, together with me. That this is very common, that we have this idea that we're not good enough, this, this inner critical voice saying these things. It takes different shapes. So we want to think about what form this inner critic takes for you. What kind of things do you tend to beat yourself up over? When you're being hard on yourself, what kind of words or phrases come up for you? How do you feel after you've given yourself a hard time? And what tone of voice does that critical part of you use? All of these things help you to see this inner critical version of you take shape, using kind of a spotlight of attention to illuminate the inner critical voice and the form it takes. What does it look like? Does it have a go at you after you've made a mistake? Or does it belittle you before you even tried to do something? The tricky thing about self-criticism is that because it's something you are doing to yourself, you are both the attacker and the attacked. It's like you get a double impact of threat generated from self-criticism because you are simultaneously the bully and the bullied, which is incredibly stressful for both your body and mind. So why do we put ourselves down? Well, if self-criticism didn't serve any function whatsoever, you would have let go of it by now. 
it's giving you something like a reward or protecting you from something you want to escape from. So what is rewarding with beating yourself up? Well, if it keeps telling you off for taking breaks, keeps calling you lazy and making you stay up late to get a project finished for work, then maybe you're being rewarded for, for that sort of inner treatment because you meet the deadline or you get praise from your boss, you achieve these things. That means you're not only statistically likely to finish your work on time again, but you're also likely to go through that harsh, self-punishing way of motivating yourself to work again. It's like the inner critic concludes. See, I told you it would impress your boss if you just got off your ass and you did it. The reward is the price you receive, even at the cost of your own exhaustion. So what is the inner critic avoiding by beating you up? Often what lies behind the put-down we give ourselves is fear. Fear of being rejected, fear of being vulnerable and getting hurt, fear of being inferior, fear of being alone. Your inner critic is trying to protect you from these fears coming true, but does so in a harsh and unhelpful way. So the inner critic is trying to protect you from having these fears realised, but only succeeds in keeping the negative self-talk going. So some of the things that we know from research is that the self-critic helps you to prevent is it prevents you getting lazy or complacent. So, for instance, thoughts we might have is if I don't push myself really hard, I'll stop trying, it won't get anywhere. It might stop me getting too big for my boots. If I don't tell myself off, I'll become boastful and arrogant. It might stop me from hurting others. So if I don't tell myself off, I'll act like a selfish idiot to people. It might stop others from hurting me. Because if I criticise myself first, others can't say anything about me that I don't already know. It might stop me from making mistakes, because if I keep pointing out my flaws, I'll be really on it. And it might make me achieve and be successful. Because if I kick myself into shape, I'll get more done. And it might stop me from being a failure, because if I constantly second-guess myself, I'll spot mistakes before they happen. But now, the tricky point is here. What would happen if you didn't have your inner critical voice anymore? What do you fear will happen if you no longer tell yourself off? If we would soften and soothe this inner critical voice, what do you fear will happen about all of these things that you perceive that is protecting you from? In my book at this point, I ask you to think about how the inner critic takes shape. There's exercises here where we can help you Find self-correction rather than self-criticism so that you can continue to move towards what matters to you in life to follow your ambition without drowning in it by being self-corrective. So you can learn from your mistakes, using growth mindsets and adapt from any challenges, correcting what you've got wrong. You might conclude, I can't do this yet and decide to work on improving something which is very different from a fixed mindset where you tell yourself that you can't do something, you give up trying and berate yourself for not being able to do it, which is precisely what happens when we get really hooked and caught up in the inner critical thoughts. So self-correction can serve as an act of self-compassion because you can help yourself grow and develop in an area where you might really struggle. This is different from what the inner critic is doing. Although it tries to correct you and prevent you from making mistakes, The inner criticism is not done in a helpful way. Self-correction is done gently, supporting yourself with kindness through the mistake or challenge. Self-criticism, on the other hand, is harsh and activates your threat system and fight or flight, 
causing you to avoid the task or area where you need to grow and develop. It simply gets too painful for you to approach your mistakes. And the reason why I've brought this up in a book about couples is because when you have an active inner critical voice, that self-criticism can be turned outwards. So someone who's very keen to put themselves down might also put their partner down. So we want to use that sense of correction rather than criticism in your couple's relationship too, where you can correct your partner rather than criticise them. Help them understand what mistakes they've made or if there's anything they've done to hurt you so they can learn from that and grow from it and change their ways. They're actually much more likely to do that when you are kind, compassionate and supportive about their mistake than if you are blaming and shaming them and putting them down the way that you might do with yourself. And criticism really erodes the connection between you. It's not like one single critical comment here and there is actually going to do that much damage. But I think of it as little termites. So one comment might be one termite. It's probably not going to do that much damage to your relationship house. But if you have an army of termites, it's going to bring your house down. And we want to conclude this section by thinking about how criticism is not the most helpful teacher. If you think about the kind of teacher you would want for your child, if you have a child or if you have an imaginary child, just go with it for, for now. If you have a child who's struggling with a subject in school and they're applying themselves, they're trying, but they're really struggling to get it, would you want them to come home and tell you how their teacher has laid into them, beaten them up verbally for being stupid and thick and not getting it, asking what's wrong with them, saying that they're lazy? Or do you want them to come home and say, this was so difficult, but the teacher gave me some extra time and tried to sit with me and we've worked out a plan on what we're going to do together. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll make some more progress with the extra support. So you want a compassionate teacher for your child when they're struggling. How come you might be choosing a different teacher for yourself than you allow for someone you love? So we want to conclude this chapter by thinking about how self-criticism is not a helpful teacher. Not for you, not for your child and not for your partner. So want to learn more about this, you can dive deep into my book, The Lasting Connection, which is out now. You can order it by going to thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash The Lasting Connection. And I'll see you again in the next episode. And until then, please do take care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm 
So that's the thomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas. And you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, this episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.